Yeah, it is. Let's get to this right now. I know we have to pay the bills, and it is the last day of the month, April 30th. You're here on the Enforcers Show. I'm Darren McCarty. Sean Belegiance here, all the rest of the guys. But let's get to our guests because it's the last day of the month, but the first day of the new Lions regime. And who do I go to for all that information? Mr. Mike the Dean O'Hara himself. You know him from DetroitLions.com. Wrote a, writes great articles all the time, but Mike, am I okay to be this excited about the Lions drafting Penny Sewell uh, seventh overall yesterday? Thanks for joining us. Okay. No, we're, look. All right. Anyways, I was trying to get a hold of Michael here. I, he was on hold. Uh, we lost him here. Anyways, guys, if you haven't can't tell that's how excited i am for penny sewell and for the lions of what they did and what i want you guys to understand is that brad holmes dan campbell everybody else looked at the detroit lions and said yes we know we have a lot of areas to fix but what's our strongest strength and if we can solidify this offensive line which we are great at uh and make them even better for the next three, four, five years. My man, Mike O'Hara, who's on the line with us, even thinks that right now they are a top five, even maybe better offensive line uh, possibility. Mike, how are you tonight, my friend? Uh, I haven't talked to you in a long time. It's good to hear from you. Well, it is. It is. I mean, uh, I just, first of all, everybody out there, grinders back. Mike O'Hare right now has a headband, leathers on, and is working on his three chords on his guitar between while waiting for the Lions to pick. So uh, tell us about Penny Sewell and how big this uh this this pick was for this regime of the Lions, you know, making their first pick, especially uh, for Brad Holmes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is you know, this is Brad Holmes' first pick. Now he's been on the job since January, but this is really the takeoff, I would think, of the draft because it's really not necessarily true that it does, but it sort of defines you in a lot of people and gives you some sort of idea of which way they're going to go. And, and you know what? I think he hit a home run in the first one. I guess I'm using a baseball analogy for football. Let's say he scored a touchdown in getting Penny Sewell. I think most analysts will tell you, not counting the quarterbacks, that Penny Sewell was one of the top two or three players in the draft at all positions just for the, just for, for what he showed in two years as a starter at offensive tackle for Oregon. But just the size of the man, you know, 6'4", 6'5", 331 pounds with agility, strength, and just, you know, there are guys, and you knew this from hockey, there are guys who just know how to play. They've just got that knack. You don't have to sit them down for three hours and tell them this and that. They just they just get it quickly and they and they assimilate it and they turn it into action in a hurry and and Penny Sewell, from what I've seen and what I've heard and read, he's one of those players. And look, I think you know the value of the offensive line they have now. I thought they had a good offensive line going in with you know three really in my mind three really good players: a Pro Bowl center in, in uh, Frank Ragnow, a, a budding Pro Bowl left tackle in, in uh, Taylor Decker, and then Jonah Jackson, the guard. Uh, on the left side, who was a third-round draft pick last year, adding to adding to that group now, Penny Sewell that elevates it from good to I think a top five and maybe even better offensive line in the National Football League. Now look, it's got to be proven on the field. I get all that, but I'm telling you what I see with my own eyes and what I know just from the experience of watching this team. 
Mike O'Hara kindly joining us here on 760 WJR. Mike, I know you get more than waist deep in, in preparation for the draft. It's it's become such a big event over the years. In, in preparing for this, did you think there was a chance this guy would be there at 7? I mean, I thought for sure he would be gone. You know, I think I told Darren and, and Tom Asway before, uh, we, we talked about this on another program, and I think I spent more time analyzing this pick than any other pick in all the years I've covered the draft. And that's just, that's really kind of strange for such a high pick that, that it was, you know, seventh overall, you'd think in some regards it would be pretty cut and dry, but just went back and forth because there were so many options there. First of all, there were three or four quarterbacks who could go ahead of them. So it turned out to be three. So that leaves three spots ahead of the Detroit Lions position players and all good players and, and really more than three players are going to fill that, those spots. But then as you just watched it, you know, develop, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts, the tight end slash wide receiver from Florida. Off he goes uh, to 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 uh, the Falcons at number four. Then go, then comes the Cincinnati Bengals, who were really been hot for Penny Sewell since January, really. And slowly but surely, they kept getting closer and closer to making a decision between him and Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. Bingo on draft day, they take Chase. So now they're down to one more player to get to the Lions. Turns out that that uh, the Dolphins take a wide receiver, Jalen Waddle from from Alabama. And look, we've been you know we're working remotely. I'm like 15 miles away from the from the Allen Park headquarters. You could almost hear a sigh of relief, and then the buildup of the excitement and the tension. And bingo, and they jumped right to the podium, put that card down. Penny Sewell was a Detroit Lion, and if you, I don't know if you guys all saw the celebration on social media. Honestly, I thought it was great. See grown men, you know, look, have been in sports all their lives. The owner, uh, Sheila uh, Ford Hamp, everybody in there just absolutely, we got our guy, let's keep building. I thought it was really cool. And, and Mike, to that point, right, where you see where you look at the Detroit Lions room at 7th, establishing, trying to start, kickstart their organization, whereas you look to the last pick of the draft, right, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I don't know if anybody watched this or not, but they made their selection, and then Bruce Arians and his flip-flops and whatever, but they were just like handshakes, like, uh, we've been here before, finally, stuff like that, so I agree, we're different things. Was there any surprises, big surprises to you? Like, was it a huge surprise to you, Trey Lance uh, went third overall that, to me, Sam, the biggest surprise was San Francisco held that a secret for so long. But you had mentioned since yeah, covering the draft in 77, this was the hottest guy moving up the board that you've seen in a long time. And in all my years of covering the draft, uh, uh, this guy, watching him, you know, from, look, four years ago or three years ago when he went to North Dakota State, you know, he was a kid from suburban Minneapolis, and the only offers he got to go to college, and not any big-time colleges, I don't think, or, look, we want you to play wide receiver or running back or whatever. He goes, no, no, I want to play quarterback. Well, go ahead. And so he ended up at North Dakota State. Now, North Dakota State is a big-time, you know, second-tier college there. They win national championships in their division. And here this this young man goes there. He plays, what, two games his first season there, throws one pass, which he completed, <laughs> off to a hot start in a cold town, and then uh, comes back in 20, uh, 2019, throws 28 touchdown passes, runs for, I think, 14 more touchdowns, and really he's going to have a great 2020 season. Well, you know what happened there, the pandemic, so which really kind of slowed, you know, the, the 
slowed his growth as a player and maybe cooled people a little bit on him, meaning he had a lot more to prove. He didn't have a chance to back up what he'd done in 2019 because the school, except for one game, you know, canceled all the, all the programs. But there he was. He made such an impression with everybody at every step of the way. And then in come the San Francisco 49ers who trade down to three, give up three first-round draft picks, and they absolutely scrutinize the prospects. You know, Matt Jones and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And once again, at every step, on and off the practice field, Trey Lance made a bigger and bigger impression. And on draft night, sometimes dreams are realized. This one became reality. Mike O'Hara, longtime Lions beat writer, and you can find him at uh, DetroitLions.com. Boy, Mike, you talked about the plethora of options for the Lions last night. In just a few minutes, they're going to have a smorgasbord in front of them again. You know, it might not be elite, but there are a heck of a lot of guys still on the board waiting for them at, at 41. What are your thoughts on pick two? Well, you know, when you say that, the, the smorgasbord, look, I, look, I love the, the first round of the draft, okay, and especially when it's a high pick. It's terrific. But there are like six or seven more draft picks for the Detroit Lions. And this is where you build out your roster. And look what the Lions have done in the last few years. Now, look, their record doesn't support that they've done so great in the draft. But, you know, they got a player last year like DeAndre Swift, a running back who really has a bright future. they got a three-time Pro Bowl cornerback uh, in Darius Slay in, in 2013. Uh, you know, players like that, Kenny Galladay three years ago, deep in the third round, wide receiver, led the league in touchdown catches two years ago, tailed off this last year, 2020, mostly because of injury. But you get those players, you know, Graham Glasgow, starting center, third round pick from Michigan in that, uh, 20, I think 2015 or 2016 draft. And so this is where you build out your roster. It's look, you, you need, you need the rank and file to go with your stars. And, and that's, that's where you can get it. And you can get gems too. You can get Rob Gronkowski. Maybe one of the all-time great tight ends, second-round draft pick, led you know a big part of three Super Bowl champions with the New England Patriots, and then one more last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he followed uh, Tom Brady south. So these players here, look, the Lions have a lot of building to do. This Penny Sewell isn't going to win, you know, games by himself. You need support. You need you need a, a really a fleshed-out roster with you know, with quality players, and I think they need to add a couple of wide receivers, maybe a couple of linebackers, uh, really an, another edge rusher or two if they can get them. Uh, now, one of the problems is they only have five draft picks left unless they add some more. they got one in the second round, two in the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth. The others they traded away to get players. So, you know, they're, they're handicapped a little bit in that regard, but I would think in these next two rounds, round two and round three, they'll get at least probably one starter out of there and then two really good support players and then keep building in, in round four and round five. Awesome, Mike. Thank you. As always, hope to talk to you, I guess, for your, uh, to keep working on the, the band stuff. I sent you over some of the some of the tunes so that you can keep working on it So uh, when we come back out. But uh, thank you for your knowledge. Look forward, uh, as always, to talking to you next time. But you, the one thing out there, people, Mike, uh, Mike O'Hara, he confirmed, and I might be a little biased because I'm a second-round draft pick, but that's where your gems Absolutely. are. So um, thanks a lot, Mike. Enjoy <laughs> the draft. Mike and I look forward to your call on DetroitLions.com uh, and I encourage everybody to check out Mr. Mike O'Hara when we come back oh we got some audio about some partying and this and that and stuff it's a good time We're gonna get into the draft anyways thanks for joining us here stay tuned this is the Darren Mc I cannot think of anything better yes that was your alpha 
positive coach Dan Campbell talking to your first rounder Penny Sewell about bringing what they have so I thought what a perfect moment to bring in on this Friday night you know him I love him Mr. Positive Greg from Shelby how you doing tonight what's up buddy warriors <laughs> you start with a dream and then you believe your thoughts become magic and then you achieve hit me <laughs> oh my god d-max shawnee b they're going in the right direction but it has to be i'm gonna still be positive you have to have great game calling you have to have no hopefully you can read the uh, defense and you can read the offense, and the Lions can be what we think they can become, the champions. I, we I, are the champions. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, Greg, you know what? Uh, Sean and I were doing some Big J journalism, and um, I have a cut of, nobody knows this, you, you didn't tell anybody, but I found this out, that you uh, met up behind a Coney, I'm not going to tell everybody where, and gave Coach Dan Campbell some inspirational talk, so I, I we caught it on vi we caught it on video. Listen, you got it. Listen. <laughs> shoot the star, shoot the star, shoot the star. Yeah, what, I, I mean, love it. Yeah, Jay, play that when you look at the stars again, please. That's exactly what you told Danny Campbell, baby, behind that. And they were partying in there. So you I wanted to share friend. that because you're always so positive. They're Thank positive. You, we're positive. Yes. Right? And, and love you guys. Baby steps, right, buddy? Baby right. steps. But I love it. I can't wait to to you're singing We Are the Champions again. Uh, I remember we were singing that song back in 97 for the Wings. So thanks for the support, brother. Love you. And uh, I'm as excited as, as you are for the direction that this team's going. Um, Sean, one of the best parts of last night um, was being able to enjoy the draft party with you and the reaction on uh, a lot of ours face. So when Penny Sewell, I know how I felt when he, when he was selected, what was that initial as Goodell was going to the podium to announce for you? Stunned. I, I you know, like I said to Mike, uh, Mac, you know me. I'm a mockaholic. I, I really am. I, I've done. So oh, re oh, really? Rats. Like, do you want me to tell everybody that when I walked in, <laughs> right, to the Del Mar yesterday, and I sat down between uh, Dave and Mike and Sean, and sh first thing Sean looks at me goes, "I'm, I, I'm such a sicko. I'm. So what are you doing? Mock drafts, mock drafts. He's doing mock drafts half an hour before the draft to try to find out. So, so did it work out? The way you wanted, though? I, you know what? A um, couple months ago, our, our buddy Scott Bischoff, and I, I think people here on 760 WJR are probably familiar with his work. He was with us when we were doing the Lions Network stuff. Um, a couple months ago, we were talking about Penny Sewell, and, and Mac, it was such a far-fetched idea that literally we came up with this quote, run, don't walk to the podium. And that's what the Lions basically did. When he was there at seven, they didn't need a whole heck of a lot of time 
to, to you know, make that decision that, yeah, we want Penny Sewell to, to, to be here with the Lions. And, and this is what I keep stressing to people as well. There are still so many good players on the board right now. Now, two of them are gone since we've gone on the air, including a guy that I absolutely love. Uh, Tyson Campbell, the corner, uh, went to Jacksonville. Elijah Moore is a yeah, flat-out stud from Ole Miss, and he just went to the Jets. I, that was kind of a pipe dream for me that maybe he would be there at, at 41. But, again, the options are aplenty. Do you want a, corn, a cornerback? Do you want a linebacker? Do you want a safety? There are all positions in need. And you said something so smart in the first segment, you probably heard me yelp. You're building right now. I mean, that that's, you know, in, in years gone by, what we did, Mac, is we go, well, we really need this and we really need that. We really need everything right now. So, you know, to the people that get mad and I can't believe we've got such a terrible defense. Why did we go offensive tackle and then follow that up with a wide receiver? You're building. This isn't going to be about next year. It's going to be about three years from now. Get the best pieces available, really and truly. And the options are out there, man. Yeah, You know what the brilliance is? Is because this is sort of, and I, you know, stepping back, but you have to, what uh, what this organization has done is looked in and said, where's our strength? And it's on yep. the line, right? We're a good yep. line. They just solidified that. So you don't have to worry about picking that lineman, right? Next year, you don't have to worry about going in the second, like you said, second round, third round this year, whatever, with great players left. I think that to continue this draft, this is where my thinking is. If they, whoever they pick, there's a reason and an explanation of the why. Where do they fit in in the build, right? And the directional, the what I want to look at is you mentioned Moore, Elijah Moore just went to the Jets. Well, you look at the piece, like, like to mention the Jets, you look at yesterday, they go Zach Wilson, then they realize what they did wrong with Sam Darnold, even though it's a different regime there, right? They trade back into to 14 to get a Vera Tucker who is a guard but is going to start day one to protect him and then they go out and get him a weapon these are the things that I sort of see uh young teams and I put the Jets because of Robert Sala Dearborn's own God bless him and shout out to Joey Sala his cousin I play golf with so uh the the fact that they're trying to do a lot of the same thing and setting the culture so do you you know Dorch and I were talking before um, about second round and linebackers and and obviously stuff like that. Um, Nick Bolton is he? He's a guy that I brought up, heavy hitter out of uh, Missouri, or I'm not even going to pronounce OKU's name out of Notre Dame. But uh, <laughs> can you pronounce that name? Well, do, do you know what I've heard of, about him? No, I, I I've been calling him Uka Laka Luka Luka. Uh, I, that's I mean, the guy I'm, I meant. Not, I'm not I, try that's not how well. you pronounce it. No, that's that's really. Um, you, you know, you know what I, you know what I. Here, Dorch is going to show him? off. Hold on. Uh, we we literally. This is a situation with him, Mac, where you you wonder if it. What is how is he going to fit in? And and that's why there were some people that thought he was going to go mid first round. Well, there's a reason he's dropping because, uh, again, now this is coming from a scout. People people were wondering aloud. Well, how is he going to fit in? So. Um, that that's to me. I, I like the kid from Missouri better. I, I mean, no no lie, I really do. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, but that's the thing is the directional and as this goes on. So uh, we're going to take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more draft. We're going to actually, you know what? Let's hit on a little four games left for the wings. We got to talk about it because Jacob Verana, wow, what a goal he scored last night. Anyways, thanks for joining us here on this Friday, last day of April. The Darren draft update, Javante Williams, the running back from North Carolina, goes to Denver as they trade up into the 35th pick overall. So you got cornerback, wide receiver, running back. Um, Then Javon Holland uh, from Oregon went, and on the clock is the Eagles. Did you say that... uh, that Bill Belichick is up to his old trickery, and he just moved into uh, Cincinnati's pick in 38. Yep, so Bengals he's... traded uh, the 38th pick to the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, there's some moving and shaking. You know what I love about the second round and third round, though, Sean? It moves. What time? You, it moves. Oh, it does. You know what I'm yep. saying? It it like it's it's you got to pay attention, and this is where you know your draft board's so important, and and the first day is for the drama, but the second day is like Michael Harris said uh, in the first segment of our show this is where you put the rubber to the road and uh this will be really really excited is there anybody out there that is a sleeper for you or a guy you know late pick or somebody that you don't hear about um is there anybody like that or even when you're doing your mock drafts you know um well you know i I mean i think a lot of people are and and i'm one of them uh marshall out of lsu you know if, if if he's on the board at forty one, I, I don't I don't think a lot of people thought that he would be on the the, the, the board at that time. Uh the defensive tackle, Christian Barmore out of um Alabama's another guy. And Mac, you brought up a great point, you know, comparing, you know, your draft and and, and, and being a second round guy in the NHL to, to like the NFL. There are guys that drop for really dumb reasons. There's no other way to say that, okay? There there is a heck of a lot of quote unquote first-round talent still out there right now. You know, the offensive tackle, Samuel Cosme from Texas, that was a guy everybody and his brother thought that was he was going to be going in the first round. Jeremiah Ukalukalukaluka, <laughs> the linebacker from Notre Dame. He was a guy that everybody and their brother, Tevin Jenkins, another offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, is a guy that's out there. So it, it, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, the, the safety out of TCU. So this is where I say, you know, you can get a flat-out stud in the second round. You, you really, truly can get a flat-out stud in the second round. You know, that, that that is so true. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more football as the Lions are about five picks away um, as long as they don't do anything. But I want to talk a little bit of hockey. Um, obviously, Red Wings, four games left. They got uh, back-to-back this weekend. I'll be uh, anybody who's uh, down at the rink. I'll be doing the in-house for the game uh, tomorrow night. Um, they play uh, Tampa this weekend. Uh, let's talk a little bit. The first I want to, Sean, did you see, so the New York Rangers captured, uh, the Metropolitan or, or their division or whatever. Did you see them take the picture with the trophy when the Islanders yes. were coming out behind them? And, and I don't know who was the player Fox. I think the player for the Rangers was Fox, and he turned around, and there's a picture of him waving at the New York Islanders as they're waiting to come on the ice. Uh, dude, that is so hockey, you know, where you can get away with it there. But, uh, wow, what about uh, this uh, Jacob Verona? Um, I knew he was good. 
But uh, the fact that he's getting the opportunity and the confidence and stuff like that, uh, scored a beautiful highlight real goal. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on uh, Red Wings, anywhere you can find Red Wing highlights. But that was a pure, you know, forehand, backhand through traffic uh, shelf last night. But he's really uh, put the puck not only in the net figuratively, but he's added something. And the one thing, not only is it's the points, but it's his energy right? His energy and it's contagious. And the big thing that I want everybody to know that I realized when you're there watching the game, culture is such a huge thing. I say it all along, but what is culture? You have to create your culture, but you're also, we all come from culture, right? We've, we've grown up, whether it's a family, whether it's a team sports, anything, but you come from culture. And when you come from the same country as Jacob Verona and Philip Herdina, when they're three years apart, you develop this relationship or you cheer for different guys and you look up to different guys. So there is such a huge thing that is going on bigger. And I relate back to it because it's how Scotty Bowman put our team together. Yeah. You need the talent and the execution on the ice, but it's camaraderie off this move to me, not only allows Rasmussen to get more of Mantha's ice time to find out what we're doing, get guy like Valeno to come up and stuff like that. But in the long run, I think you watch out for these two because we're used to having tag teams here, especially on the ice, whether it's the Euro Twins or Sergey and Stevie or, you know, stuff like that. So are you seeing some of the same things that I'm seeing w- with this? No question. I mean, it's six goals, uh, one assist since he, he's come here. Uh, you know, I used the term even before the trade happened, change of scenery uh, for – um, a, a guy that, you know, I wish him all the best. I'm serious. I, I wish Anthony Mantha all the best for whatever reasons it wasn't happening here. And I expect him to do well in Washington. I think Jacob Verona might be the same way. And, you know, Mac, it's interesting because so often you see, you know, teams take a chance. And and I think, you know, one place it, it, it didn't exactly work out is, you know, I think a lot of people thought, you know, all right, let's take let's take Liney and, and let's bring him to Columbus where you've got a, a finished general manager and maybe he can bring out, you know, what we're not seeing on a consistent basis. It didn't work out there, but to me, I think it's worth the try. I really do. I'm I'm not just saying that. It's it's worth the try and let's see if we can put some things together and maybe they can make some magic. Mac, you know the hockey world is big, but it's small. Uh, there are so many six degrees of Darren McCarty out there. It's unbelievable. This guy played with this guy in Czechoslovakia. Oh, by the way, he played with that guy when they were over in in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. It's amazing how small yet big the hockey world is, and uh, there's something to be said for that stuff, man. Well, it goes down to the conversation, too, about you know, why is the game changed or, you know, the rivalries, competitiveness, and, you know, you can say schedule, you know, evolution of the game and stuff, but also too, as you have to realize is, is that a lot of these top players are teammates in the, these all-star teams and they grow up playing with each other, whether it's in the summer. So that hatred doesn't build like it used to when you were from, it was more like old school wrestling where you had your own territory because you didn't travel out. And then I remember the first time playing the American kids, you know, like, I mean, we got waxed by little Caesars, but you know, 
it happens. But th- that's you know one of those facts, and it happens in every other country. And I think you said it right there. As as big as the world of hockey is, it really really is small. How about um, the rest of the NHL, Sean? You got any front runners right now? Obviously, uh, you know one of the stats I wanted to throw out there is is as the season winds down. The one thing that the, the Detroit Red Wings should be proud is that they won four games against the Carolina Hurricanes this year. They mm, played them 500. Because Carolina is a team that I think Detroit has to sort of morph into, right? That's like sort of a team that you say that they can become because of the way that they play with the speed, the tenacity, you know, up and down, good D, getting, you know, good goaltending and stuff like that. So I, you know, if I look for people that continue to watch the game and are fans of hockey as the playoffs continue, Carolina is a team that I, I see Detroit would turn into. But are there any, uh, how about that Canadian division, Sean? You know who's coming out of there yet? You know what? It, I think I'd be stunned if it wasn't Toronto, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that. Like, like shame on me for even saying that. I just think, like Mac, they're just better than everybody else. They, they, they really are. They're better than everybody else. I still like Colorado, but I, I, I'll tell you what. I watched these guys the other night. That Vegas team is so darn good. They're solid everywhere, Mac. They're deeper than people give them credit for. Mark Stone has turned into just one heck of a hockey player he he really is and you know mac here's another success story sixth round pick sixth round pick by ottawa and it took him you know a few years to get going but he he did well for some less than ottawa teams and he is putting together a fantastic season so it's going to be really fun to see how that division plays out because you know Carolina or excuse me Colorado's just on their heels and as you know they're going to do one versus four two versus three I think that's going to be a hell of a series between Colorado and Vegas when they eventually get together that's going to be can't miss television in my opinion well, you know, and and you're right, and you know, Mark Stone, who came from Ottawa, he, you know, he reminds me of because the one thing is, is he's not the greatest skater, but he can snipe, and he's he's so cerebral. Is uh, Ray Shepard, you know what yeah. I'm saying? More of a he's yeah. he's a better skater than Ray Shepard, but the way that they can find the net and stuff like that, so those guys are usually, you know, dangerous uh, in the playoff time. Um, we are three picks away from the Lions uh, making their draft. They're, they're on the clock. Thank you, B. Yep. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll let you know who the Detroit Lions selected in the second round. 41st overall is Darren McCarty. Darren McCarty Show, AM 760 WJR. Thanks again for joining us here on another Friday night. This one happens to be the last day of April, but the first day of the new Lion One Pride World as we wait for the second round draft pick. Oh, my God is right, <laughs> Mr. Positive. What? <laughs> Uh, I love it. And uh, as is pointed out, anybody who's keeping track at home, it looks like Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have gone to their minor league farm system in the Alabama Crimson Tide and picked up Christian Bardmore, the defensive tackle, who I think is a beast anyway. So um, we're just waiting as the lines come up. Sean, um, as your first um, new world, Lions world, what's going to be on the barbecue this weekend for all the people interested at home? You know what? I'm I'm doing beef short ribs again. I, I just uh, I uh, high I, like a high end pot roast. I 
I took uh, some out. I, I got some uh, from, you know, my favorite butcher and, uh, and put them in the fridge. I, I put all my rub on there. I'm going to let them sit for the night and put them on first thing in the morning because they usually take seven, eight hours. So first thing in the morning, probably about 7 o'clock in the morning, hopefully done by mid-afternoon. Now, do you enjoy like what are what do you what goes with that is there spaces like and i don't mean like a wine or something to drink but like a like a baked potato a french fry you know how i'm a, I'm a sucker i'm a sucker for twice baked potato i, I love Ooh. twice baked potatoes i i can you know melt some cheese on there you know at the end because you don't you know you don't want to put it on too early or anything but a good twice baked potato is is just rock solid for me and uh you know, I'm I'm a meat and potato guy, and that's that's perfect meal for me, man. It really is. Awesome. And as we wait for the Lions to uh, make the pick 41st overall, it just so happens that the PGA Tour event this weekend is at the Valspar Championship. And where that is, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Innisbrook, Florida. Actually, about 25 minutes from where I resided there in Clearwater. So I've played the Copperhead Snake a bunch of times. And it is for, uh, I think, uh, what, eight or nine unders leading right now? Uh, I know 12 I have. under Keegan Bradley. Ooh, the old Keegan Bradley. Now, see, there's a lot of uh, water on the course, right? A lot of, a lot of ponds, a lot of stuff. It's more of a... Uh, I guess a target golfer, as they say, uh, player, but you got to get the putter rolling well. I know I have Sun JM this weekend. I know I took a flyer on uh, Louis Oosthuizen, I think, um, but and Charles Schwartzel, because you can't bet one without betting the other because it's the same guy pretty much. But, uh, yeah, so anybody who's interested in that, and uh, actually you'll love this one. This weekend, oh, hey, Dorch, you know last weekend Brad Kozlowski from Rochester Hills won – uh, Talladega, right? Yes, you did. You, I actually watched a little bit of it. So, yeah. You did. You're coming did. around. I like Slowly it. You're coming around. Yeah, I know. So, ching, ching for DMAC, cashed it in. And I said to Dorch, you know, I got that one. And, and he said, don't you bet him every week? I'm like, that's irrelevant. Don't you worry about it. Him and Kyle Bush, <laughs> yes. But this weekend, it's the Bush Bushy McBush 400 in Kansas. How cool is that name? The that's bu- a, that's sponsored by Bush name. Light. That's a made-up Bushy McBush. Wow. Kevin Harvick, we're going to go with him, too. And uh, Although Eric Jones, throw five bucks on him. He's 12,500 to one. He, he's a Michigan boy. Um, still no pick for the Lions yet, eh? Nope. I bet it's the safety from TCU. That's my guess. I'm seeing the guy from the D-tackle from Washington. Yeah, nothing's been reported yet that I've seen. Wow. And, uh, and Dortz was saying, Sean, did you see that? That the, the, Like, we've seen how many trades? Three trades already three trades. made, three or four already made in the second round. Carolina traded with Chicago to, to move up. So, yeah, there, there's been a couple. Mo- uh, and then the Giants just traded the 42nd pick to Miami for the 50th and a third rounder in 2022. And if they take Levi out of Washington, if if, if yeah. that's the pick, that is not that is not a bad pick at all. Again, you're talking about your offensive tackle. You're talking about your defensive tackle. You know there are safeties you can get. You know in the third round. Don't forget the Lions have a couple of picks in the third round. Uh, that 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 kid out of Florida State is is, is a safety to keep a, a, a look on on in the third round. But if if that ends up being the pick, man, I, that's not a bad pick at all. You Mac again trenches you know guys that are willing to get down there and get dirty as as coach campbell said i got no issue with that i really don't hey you know what I, you know what i was just thinking like chicago's making all these trades with all these draft picks when ryan pace gets fired 
the new guy's going to have no draft picks, and that's going to – so I'm just trying to figure out ways to get ahead of – see if they get rid of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, right? The They're going to self-implode in, in for the Bears. Minnesota, I don't know. Like, we might get there quicker than we think, but it all starts with this 41st pick. By but, the way, if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers, not to get too far off here while we're waiting on it, but if you're Aaron Rodgers, nine defensive players in the last 10 years – it's clear they're not Dude, doing anything. To here's try how. To help you. So Aaron Rodgers' quarter. This is how I see it playing out, right, Sean? I said this today. Is Aaron Rodgers said to his boys, he's been sitting on this for a minute. He's going, you wait. I'm gonna drop this thing. He called up his boys and he said, yo, I'm gonna do it. Oh, right now? Yeah, draft day. Yeah, screw them. And and sent that stuff out because if you know, like Mark Slareth was on the Pat McAfee show today, and actually somebody had called him, and he was the first one to sort of report um, that there's some talks going. And Aaron Rodgers actually DM'd Mark Slareth to see what he'd heard, and pretty much Mark Slareth said he didn't put uh, water on the fire. He just said, "I'll keep you posted." So man, that could really throw things up. But how can you not be frustrated? Being Aaron Rodgers, and I don't care about the thirty-eight million. It's about it shows you that last year, at the end of the game, taking the ball out of his hands, win or lose, no matter what, that that is something that I don't know if it can be repaired. No, that's exactly it. it you, you know, Mac, and and you know, if you're San Francisco, you sit back and you and, and and you go, man, why didn't Green Bay take that deal? Here's the interesting thing about it, okay. Everything that I've heard, everything that I've heard is, is is Jordan Love is not ready for that job. As talented as he is, he's not ready for that job. And again, I, I, I don't understand why people still have a problem with, with grooming a quarterback. It seemed to have worked out very well for Green Bay the last, oh, I don't know, 15 years. And, and obviously it worked out with Mahomes, although he only set a year. Um, now, the interesting thing is, Jordan Love sat a year. You want to throw him to the Wolves? Um, you couple that with what you said about some of the teams and maybe falling back a little bit and what the Lions have in draft capital moving forward. Maybe, just maybe, this is a situation that replicates what you saw with both the Cardinals and and let's, let's be brutally honest, the Miami Dolphins, who both got better and were knocking on the playoff door Far sooner than anybody thought. How do you do the ding 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 ding? Anyways, the pick is in. You ready? At forty-one, Levi Onwuzuriki, your Washington guy, right? You know him, Sean? Did you see that? You know what? My buddy Scott Bischoff called him the best defensive tackle in the draft. Whoa! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that. Wow! So they so they went the best offense and the best defense. That is that that they could find right there. Again, what does it say? Right? What'd you just get done saying, Sean? Messy, dirty, ugly in the pits. We're gonna do some fighting in the mud. These are two mutters. I mean, how do you not like? How do you not get? Alpha positive, excited about that. What were you going to say, Dorch? Well, all I was going to say, I, it brings up the question, though. So now it's a defensive tackle. Like I said, I think they had to start addressing that defensive side of the ball. But, you know, like we said, there are other needs. Sean, you were talking about a wide receiver earlier. It's it's that thing of do you try to stay with the defense as long as you can or is it are the Lions in a situation now where it really is best available whichever side of the ball? 
you're you're not sold to it right now, Eric. I trust me. I get what you're saying. One thousand. That was a historically bad defense last year. Let's face yeah, it. Well, it was. But this isn't about next year, and that's what I love about these guys. This is like honestly, I think. You know, last year what you had is Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia kind of fighting for their existence and everything. These guys are looking down the road, and they've got all that draft capital in the next couple of years. So just one man's opinion, I I don't think you have to say, oh, my gosh, our defense was so bad. Let's just – let's go address our defense right now. This is the long game, you know, And, and that's why I appreciate these guys. Well, here's the thing. From the first two picks – I like the plan I'm talking about. I see a plan. We're going to be tough up front. Now, to your point, Eric, whoever comes around best available, I don't think they'll, they're honing in on a defensive guy if a wide receiver's there that is that valuable. But again, they might just plug another guy in the middle. Plug another guy in the middle. Plug another guy in the middle. Well, and I, and I like that. I, I wasn't trying to say they no, have no, no. to. I was more asking. But I, I, I like it. And, Sean, you kind of gave me the – you kind of explained my perspective here. Is I like the best available kind of situation, whether it's offensive or defensive side. Because, like you said, this is the long game. We need to see. And they have draft capital. So they have the ability to go for a guy – Give them a year or two, and if it doesn't look like it's what they wanted, they still have the ability to make that change down the road with all this draft capital. I'm going to leave you with this, right? Sean brought up such a great point. Look what Chicago's doing. That's save my job, save my job. Here, know that we're building. So just like I preach with Steve Eisman and the Red Wings, you know what they got with the Pistons, It's the same thing with the Lions. I'm happy going into this weekend. I hope you are. Thanks as always. Enjoy those short ribs for Sean Belegian, Eric Dorch, Brandon Blake, and Big J on the ones and twos. I'm Darren McCarty. Have a great weekend and welcome to May.